0: go ahead and have a seat. So, if I asked you this question, I want you to give me an answer of who would you say who would you say Jesus is? Give me some answers. Who is Jesus? King of kings, Lord of lords. God. Savior. Savior. Okay, there's one that's really obvious son of god that 's the one i 'm looking for cindy you you are the winner i don 't have anything for you to win, but you 're the winner so now the harder question is how do you know that but how do you know that i mean how 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 do you know that 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 how would you explain that to somebody i mean today i 'm going to hopefully if I can speak some words clearly, and I can communicate this, well, maybe to help you answer those, that question to somebody that might ask you of, of, well, who is Jesus, and how do you know that he is the Son of God? Because there's a lot of people out there that, well, they just don't really believe. They don't believe in that. They believe that Christmas is just all about the presents, all about Santa Claus. It's all about something other than, than what Christmas is really about the birth of Jesus. They, they might not have any idea what this is about. They've never been taught that. And so hopefully this will give you something that you can maybe start that conversation with them. And maybe if there's someone that here in this room that you, you've never given it much thought that Jesus is the Son of God, that maybe this will start a journey for you. Maybe it'll start a journey. You'll start to answer that question for yourself. And maybe you'll, you'll believe like a lot of us believe in this room that Jesus is the Son of God. So that's the title of today, just a pretty simple title of Jesus, the Son of God, which I guess we do have a computer, this works here, this one back there is not working, That's not cooperating with us very well today, but so bear with us on that, but think about what that really means, those words of Jesus, the Son of God, that this Christmas time, that that's what we celebrate, that we celebrate the birth of Jesus now, it's easy, like I mentioned, it's easy to be distracted. It's easy to be distracted. You know, you've got to buy Christmas presents. You've got all this shopping to do. And last year, I confessed I didn't have a present for my wife, but this year you'll be proud of me. I have one. I, I actually have two. There, it's done. One of them is even under the tree, so I've got that accomplished this year. But those, those things that we have that just keep us from focusing on what Christmas is, focus on the birth of this son, the birth of this son of God, this, this baby, this baby that was born in a stable, born in a major, nothing, nothing, no, nothing spectacular about it, that he's given the name of Jesus. But when have you, has it been a while maybe since you've just stopped and really thought about what that means? That you've stopped and thought about Jesus actually being the son of God? That, we, that we've been so busy that we just forget that. And how amazing of a thing that is. How incredible that is that, that God sent his son Jesus to earth to be a human, to be born. Or do we maybe take that for granted this time of year? We kind of become distracted. We, we don't pay attention to that much. We haven't given it much. We kind of just glance over it. It's kind of like we know it, but we don't really spend a lot of time focusing on it. And as I mentioned, how would you explain that to someone that Jesus is the Son of God, someone that doesn't know Jesus, someone that doesn't even know anything about this, someone that doesn't have the faith that I heard that word by faith, someone that doesn't have this faith, how would you explain that to them? How would you, that doesn't believe? Now, when you think about it, this is a really hard concept to to grasp, I think, or at least it is for my small reptilian brain, that I, I, I how does this all work? Because we're all adults here, or most of us are adults, but we know where babies come from, right? We know how it all works. And you need a male and you need a female. And we all accept pretty eas- readily that the female part is, is Mary. We, we get that part. We accept that part. But this male part, that's not so easy, is it? That doesn't that doesn't make a lot of sense. Of how does this happen? That God's the Father. How does that work? I've never seen him. Have you? Like I've never seen him as a person. Like I, I, how does that work? Like, I don't get that. Now, we we read the words and we accept that <laughs> accept what we read in the Bible for most of us because we have faith. But for those that that don't, how are they going to accept that? That it just it. It's hard to believe in. It's hard to believe that God is the Father. How do you explain that, that that Jesus is really the Son of God? How do we explain that? Like I said, that's a hard concept, at least for my brain it is. So just how do we know? How do we know this? Let's look at at Luke 2 verses 1 through 7. It starts with, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there... The time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to his firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for him. Now, before this in Luke 1, a lot of us know the story of how an angel came to Mary, right? We've heard this. A lot of us have heard this story. Some of us maybe not, but angel comes to Mary, says, you're going to have a son, and Mary's a virgin. In fact, in verse 35 of Luke 1, this is what it says. It says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So here's, here's biblical proof or biblical example of saying, okay, this, this Jesus, he is the Son of God. This is where we find that. This is where that is. But again, I ask the question, how do we know? How do we know this? Now, Many of us are familiar with, with genealogies, right? We know what genealogies are. That's how we trace our ancestors. And we don't really question these, do we? We don't really question our family trees. We, it's because it's pretty simple. There's court records, there's documents, things are written down that we can trace from our mom and our dads and further back all of our ancestors, our aunts and uncles and grandparents and all of that, the generations before us to see who we're related to. Now in the Jewish culture, of the day, this, these genealogies were really, really important. These, these things mattered, so they, they paid attention to them because it mattered what tribe you belonged to. Because in, there, in the Jewish, Jewish, if you, we didn't really cover this a lot, but if some of you know the story, that what tribe you belonged to determined what land you, were, what you could inherit. And it also determined if you are from the tribe of Levi that you could be a priest. That, you, that that was your, your occupation and, and it also validated that you were a Jewish person. And if you were a Jewish person, you were entitled to these blessings that were given to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And it showed that you were, well, because you hear in the Bible all the time that they, you were God's chosen people. You were part of God's chosen people. So these genealogies, like I said, they mattered. And these records were very meticulous. They knew, they knew what they were, they trust them, they were spot on. Now, my wife is, is kind of into these genealogies. She spends a lot of time doing this and has spent, she's got pr- computer programs and papers and all kinds of stuff all over the place, me not so much. But um, she actually, re- lately she found somebody that um, was related to her that was on the original Mayflower boat, which is, that's kind of cool I guess. I keep asking her, because if you don't know it, I'm from, I have some Norwegian descent in me. And so I have this fantasy and this daydream that I'm from Viking heritage, that my Norwegian people were Vikings. And so I keep s- asking her, I said, you know, when are you going to find this famous Viking that I'm related to? Or that, or And I know some of you might be shaking your head, too, of going, that explains a lot, that he maybe is Viking, because that explains some of his behaviors. But we're not going to talk about that now. We're going to go on and get more to the point. So I want us to look at the genealogy of Jesus. We see an account of it in Matthew 1 and in Luke 3. And I, This might be hard to read, but that's okay. You can go back and read it this week because we're not going to look at every little detail on that. But <clears throat> if you look at these two, you'll see that they're not identical. They're not identical. There are certain spots where they, they, they go separate ways. What we believe is that the, mat- the one in Matthew is the genealogy of Joseph, and the one in Luke is the genealogy of of Mary, and you also if you look you 'll see this guy right here you 'll see that guy right there. Um, my mom lied to me. I think she said I was named after an actor in Big Valley, but i 'm going to tend to believe she lied and i 'm really in the genealogy of Jesus, but um, I digress a little bit so let's let 's start with these these two genealogies, and in David is when we see these 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 genealogy split we see David up here and we see David down here we're going to start with Matthew and we look at it says Jesse father of King David David father of Solomon and then it goes down the line and we we see this guy named Jehoiachin which is actually this guy right here because that's his his dad was Josiah and what we see is this is this is Joseph's line remember the 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 husband of Mary. But let me tell you something about this family line. There's a curse in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 22, 24 through 30. God curses this guy named Jehoiachin. Verse 30, actually, this is the words it says. It says, this is what the Lord says. Record this man as if childless, a man who will not prosper in his lifetime, for none of his offspring will prosper. None will sit on the throne of David or rule anymore in Judah. That's important. No one will sit on the throne. No one will, will rule anymore in Judah. Beca- out of this guy's line. Now some of you may know this prophecy in, in Isaiah 11.1. 1. If you don't, I'm going to read it to you. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. Do you guys see a problem yet? If you don't, I'll help you. I'll help you. This is why I said I need to, need prayer to speak clearly here. So Jesse who is the father of David which we've got that and this prophecy out of Isaiah which is a messianic prophecy, it's telling us that, that Jesus is going to come out of this line. He's going to come out of this, this, this line of Jesse, this line of Judah. And it's telling us that the Messiah is going to come out of David's bloodline. But this passage I just read in Jeremiah that says no one's ever going to sit on this throne. No one, you know, that's not going to happen. Wouldn't that mean that Jesus couldn't lay claim to that? That, there's, that that bloodline is stopped right there as far as who can be king? Who can be, and if Jesus is going to be king of kings, then we have somewhat of a problem there. Of wh- how, could, how could Joseph be the father? How could Joseph be the father of Jesus because of that curse? But this tells us that if, as I said, there's no way, if the prophecy in Isaiah is true, then Jesus couldn't come from that bloodline or he couldn't be the king. Now, if Jesse, if Jesus, if this prophecy is fulfilled is is Jesus and that, that prophecy in Isaiah, Jesus is the stump of Jesse, how can we make this claim that Jesus is the Son of God? So just hold on to that thought for a little bit. Hold on to that thought, and we're going to switch over to this genealogy over here. This genealogy that I said was, was of Mary's. So if you know Jewish tradition, also some Jewish tradition says that the bloodlines are always the Father's bloodlines. So how do we know this is Mary's? Or why do we say this is Mary's? Now, if we look, this is where it, you see Son of David, son of Nathan, son of Jesse. So we see it's David's son as being Nathan. But also if you look at this, Mary, it doesn't say Mary had any brothers. So if Mary was entitled then to the inheritance of her, of her father, who, who is Healy, which we see up there, Joseph, son of Heli. And if Mary married within her tribe, which was Joseph, then Joseph would be entitled to inherit all of her father's, all of the father's that inheritance. It would be Mary's, Mary's, Mary's father. So we see that that's the bloodline of Mary, this bloodline o- in Luke. And why do I give you all of this information, all of this information? Because I know it's kind of confusing and it's, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But the reason I do this is to show that if we want to make the argument that Joseph couldn't be the, that Joseph's the father, we can't because of this bloodline, because of that curse. But if we want to, but we know Mary is the, the mother. We, we don't argue with that. We don't dispute that. But if Joseph's bloodline, we're saying that can never sit on the throne of David, that means there's no way Joseph could be the biological father. There's, there's no way that this curse in Jeremiah tells us that Jesus would never sit on the throne of David if Joseph had been the natural father. So remember those words I said in Luke earlier, where it said, Jesus, son of God, or you will have a son who is the son of God. I think that shows us that, well, the only choice left really is God. God's the choice. It's got to be the father, that Jesus is the son of God. Because if we, we look at it as, G- as God is the, is the father, it doesn't violate this bloodline over here. Mary can still be traced back to David and and Jesse, right here. The prophecy in Isaiah is not violated with Joseph's bloodline, because we're using Mary's. The curse in Jeremiah is still confirmed. And the only way that these two things, out of Jeremiah and Isaiah, can be true is if God is actually the Father of Jesus. Now, You still may not, you might kind of have your curiosity peaked right now a little bit or think I'm completely crazy or completely lost which is is understandable and not convinced that 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 Jesus is the Son of God. But let's take this one step further and you look, there are over 300 to 400 prophecies about Jesus. 300 to 400 prophecies about Jesus being the Messiah, about Jesus being the Son of God. And it's pr- we pretty commonly believe that these, these have been fulfilled, or that Jesus fulfills all of these prophecies. And these prophecies were written hundreds of years before, some of them thousands of years before the birth of Jesus. And I ask, what are the odds of that happening? Those odds are, are pretty small. Now, there's an author, Lee Strobal, that many of, you people, many of you may know, that he wrote the book, Case for Christ, And since then he's wrote lots of case for something books. And these are some words that he uses about this prophecies, about these prophecies coming true for Jesus. He says, I imagine the entire world being covered with white tile that was one and a half inches square. So you see I brought this box up here. So just think of tiles like these, being covering, just covering that the entire world is covered with that. The entire planet, every bit of dry land. So not just this room, not just Billings, not just America, everywhere in the world, every piece of dry land is is covered with these little tiles all over. And there's this one tile that has has red on the back of it. There's this one tile that's painted red, and these are all sorted out all over the place like this. And you're allowed... He says, then I pictured a person being allowed to wander for a lifetime around all seven continents. So they wandered all around the world and be permitted to bend down only one time, just one time, and pick up one tile. Just one time. What are the odds it would be the one tile whose reverse side was painted red, the one that was painted red, this one? What are the odds of that? the odds would be the same as just eight of the Old Testament prophecies coming true in any one person throughout history. That's only eight of them. Not the 300 to 400 prophecies coming true. So I'm sure that these prophecies coming through that it's just happenstance isn't it? It's Just happenstance for all the prophecies to be true. That wasn't it just coincidence? Because that could really happen, right? I mean, it's possible, right? That you have all of these all over, the, all over the world and you pick up the one and just... But for all 400 of them? I don't think so. I would say no. That's impossible. And then let's just look at some of these prophecies. We're only going to look at just a, f- a few of them. It says, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. Genesis 49.10. We've showed earlier that this, the genealogy that the, Jesus comes from the tribe, tribe of Judah. And how about this one? But you, O Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. We all agree that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Right? We agree with that. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign: the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah, Isaiah seven fourteen. We we believe that, or we're, we accept that, don't we? Of Mary being a virgin, and that his he's the she's the mother of Jesus. Then how about this one out of Isaiah thirty five five through six? Then will the eyes of the blind be opened? In the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. If you're familiar with the Gospels, you're familiar with the stories of Jesus, it sounds like those are all things that he, he accomplished, wasn't it? All the healings that he did, all the miracles that he accomplished. And these are the words, actually, that Jesus told John the Baptist. Disciples that John, people that were following John the Baptist, when John the Baptist asked came to ask Jesus who he was. These are the words that Jesus says to him. He says, "The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor." And these are just a few of the prophecies. They were written five hundred to a thousand years before Jesus's birth. We could go on. There's more of them that we could say. And most people, you wouldn't argue with me and say, yep, yep, that sounds like Jesus. That's, that's, the, he's, he's the f- gonna, he's the fulfillment of that prophecy. But something I, I need to p- want to point out to you is that all of these prophecies were written in the Old Testament, the Old Testament part of our body, of our Bible. Now, you might, if, if you don't believe in any of this, you might want to make the argument and say, okay, like, Let's take Isaiah for instance. Isaiah just read the Gospels and then he wrote his book to, to try to pinpoint that, to make these prophecies. But the thing is, this book of Isaiah was written 700 years before his birth. So we can't make that argument. So could it be happenstance? Could it be just coincidence that even just one of these prophecies could be true? I guess it's possible, but it's, it's pretty doubtful. It's pretty doubtful, but all of them that's impossible unless unless Jesus really was the son of god unless Jesus is the son of god now let's look at things that Jesus said about himself there's there's things that Jesus said about himself when he was alive we'll look at the gospel of john so my next point is that if Jesus wasn't the son of god that if all this stuff about him was made up that it's it's hard to believe if it's not true makes it hard to believe now John 8 we find the Pharisees challenging Jesus about the things he's going to say Jesus is saying these things making these things and the Jewish the Pharisees are saying you know what it's great you're saying all that stuff but you need a witness you need somebody else to verify that for you you need somebody else to confirm that these these claims that you're making and let's l- listen to these words out of verses 18 and 19 it says, I am the one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father. Jesus replied, if you knew me, you would know my father also. We're going to jump down to verse 54. So Jesus answered, if you want glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my father who will glorify me. You say he is our God. But you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be a great, a, as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He sought and was glad. The people said, You aren't even fifty years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Those words, I am, set the Pharisees off. They wanted to kill him right then and there, because those are those words that that God gave Moses in the burning bush, that God gave him, telling him that who his name was, who God was, that I'm the God of gods, that I'm the one God, I'm the only God, that I'm the constant God, I'm the God that's ever-present. But here Jesus is speaking about his father, speaking about his father who is God. Now, Let's take the stance that Jesus was just a human. Let's take the stance that, that he, he wasn't God. He wasn't the son of God. Let's take the stance that he was just a normal baby. Mary wasn't a virgin. All of these prophecies somehow happened and they came true and it was just by chance. That all of these words that, that Jesus just said about saying who his father was, saying that his father was God, are just made up. They're just made up. Now, could we not conclude that Jesus was probably crazy then? Could we not conclude that that his disciples were probably crazy? Could we not decide that Paul was probably really crazy? All the people over 2,000 years that have followed Jesus, all of us in this room right now, most of us in this room, on listening online, that were maybe crazy, that were lunatics. That this movement... That has lasted over two hundred years. This movement of these people that are following Jesus that has has gone on in this this you know, you think about some of these people like Paul and the disciples that have given their life and other people that have given yeah. their life, literally been beaten and and, and martyred for over two thousand years and still continue that. We're just all crazy. We got to be crazy, then, right? Because how could we do this for two thousand years? Wouldn't it, would eventually, people just not want to be beat up or killed anymore, and they would just not do this anymore, and they would, it would just be kind of fade away. But it hasn't. But it hasn't. Or if we were all crazy, maybe they'd have us all examined by a psychiatrist. But we're not, because the truth is that we're not crazy. The truth is that Jesus is who he is. Jesus is the son of God. That makes a lot more sense. Because we're not all crazy. I don't think Jesus was crazy. And maybe, just this little bit I've given you, maybe you'll have a little better answer for who Jesus is. If someone asks you, well, he's the son of God, and they ask you, well, how do you know? Maybe some of this can help you explain that to someone that doesn't know. And maybe get them to start asking the question. Starting to know this person, Jesus. Starting to know Jesus, who is the Son of God. Maybe be able to give a little better answer than just, you know, because he is. Because that's not going to work. So let me conclude with this out of Galatians 4. It says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an an heir. Jesus came into this earth as a baby. A baby who was the son of God, who was one with God, they call him Emmanuel. God is with us. Jesus who came to earth for us. Who that through him we can receive this adoption into God's family. Who we can call God our Father. Jesus, the Son of God, that gives us hope. The screen's acting up, but that's the last line is hope on your, on your outline. Now, you've heard me say that before about hope. You've heard me say that before this word before and that hope is this this desire for something to happen this 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 wanting something to happen but the difference between that and the wishes is that we expect and we know that it will happen and that's what Jesus gives us Jesus gives us this hope this hope that we know now in a few days we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus that this Jesus who who came to earth and that suffered for us that died for us that gave us hope this hope that we're part of his family now this part that we're part of God's family now And I I want us just to listen to some names of that we find that describe Jesus 1 Timothy 1 1 says Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus of Christ Jesus by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus and there's the word our hope John 1.41, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. Luke 2.11, today in our town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And then Isaiah 9.6, many of you have heard these names for him in this one. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, for he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So without Jesus, we wouldn't have Christmas. Now, this week, I want us to just really think about that question I started with. Question I started with, and you guys gave great answers. But that question of, who is Jesus? Then maybe ask, who is Jesus to you? And then, where is most of your time and your thoughts and your energy being devoted to this Christmas? Where are we spending most of our time? Is it the hype of the world? Or is it on Jesus? My hope is that all of us, you know, we have family. My son came in last night, and, and I hope all of us can spend time with our family and, and have fun and and. And celebrate and do all the stuff we do at Christmas but I also want us to just this week just really focus on who Jesus is who this Jesus is this Jesus that's the son of God now some of you out here some of you listening online maybe you've never considered Jesus maybe you've never considered that Jesus is the reason why we even have Christmas so I'm going to ask give it a chance Give Jesus a chance this week. Start to think about it. Start to to ask questions, maybe. Because Christmas is about Jesus. This Jesus, the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord,